This is Taking the World by Stormy with Stormy Daniels and co-host Dwayne Crawford. Continue listening at your own risk. This is Stormy Daniels, and you are listening to the second episode of Taking the World by Stormy. Can't believe we actually made it to the second one without killing each other, right, Dwayne? Did you think we were going to die? Perhaps. (laughs) I mean, these days with me, (laughs) you have to admit anything is possible. That is a valid point. Anyway, we are here in Miami, Florida, for the Exotica convention. Today was the first day of that. And it was... uh, interesting like adult conventions always are and so we're sitting here in the hotel room chilling i got a great guest today one of my favorite ladies ever and one of my og bodyguards egypt who was with me last year when i was here and the story broke and i was all over the news and we were in a car chase together and there were guns and all sorts of exciting shit you missed that Dwayne. yeah i'm not mad that i missed that really yeah you wouldn't take a bullet for me I mean, I think I've proven that I would, but I'd prefer not to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know what? I should really just stay the fuck out of Florida because nothing good ever happens to me here. It's like, I mean, just look at the news stories. Anytime something's super fucked up in the news, it's always in Florida. Man boots gets booted out of Walmart for fucking inflatable, you know. Man fucks alligator. Yeah. I've seen that. Man smokes meth with alligator. I've seen that too. Wait, is this, is this where the meth gators were? Remember that? I, I, okay. I think I think everything that happens here happens with an alligator. That should be a law. It's it's a Maybe thing. It's a rule. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it goes all the way back because I used to live in Tampa, Florida, and this is this actually kind of it expands on the topic of our last podcast about how people just write and say whatever they want, and there's no real journalism anymore. But when I lived here in 2009. Uh, me and my ex got into a fight, and he called the police and had me arrested. And, I remember that. Yeah, it said that I hit him. First of all, I didn't. I hit a lot of people, but that time it actually- Allegedly. You allegedly hit a lot of people. Yes. yes. Allegedly. But this time, I didn't touch him. As a matter of fact, I wasn't even home. I was getting my nails done, and they arrested me and all that stuff. But everybody likes to talk about that and say, oh, you know, the charges were dropped and she was released. The charges weren't even dropped. They were never filed because he came to his senses and him and his he told his dad and his dad came and picked me up and he admitted to the cops that he made it up. So you can it's pretty easy to find online that the charges weren't even filed. But that requires effort. Right, but it's also not as exciting as like saying that I punched my ex-husband in the face for not doing laundry right. Which in all fairness, he didn't do the laundry right and I probably should have punched him in the face because I got in trouble for it anyway. Yeah, I mean, at that point, you definitely should have just done it. I actually did ask the cops. Since I already went to jail for it, can I just do it now? <laughs> do I get a freebie? <laughs> do I get a freebie? Is, this, is this how Double Jeopardy works, right? <laughs> can I just punch him if, now? And, if only. And, I, and if say only. I, I paid in advance. Exactly. <laughs> is that how this fucking works? Amazing. Oh, my God. And you know what? My, my bad track record with Florida has just continued to, you know, last year when we were here and I did... I was booked to perform at a club called Goldfinger and we were on the bus and we all drove down and first of all, like they kind of were a little bit difficult, I think, to deal with because that's your job. Yeah. So they they kind of sucked from the beginning. Um, 
they uh, they made a big deal out of out of the hotel rooms that they agreed on. They wanted to wait until the last possible second to get them booked, to get them paid for, and they were just any way that they could be difficult. They were difficult. It fucking sucked. Right, and I'm not really a princess, but it specifically states I am. There's certain things in the contract that we really need to adhere to. One of which is that the hotel has to have bus parking. Yeah, you can't just put a tour bus anywhere. No, and you know it. It wasn't. I'm really not that picky as most of the time I actually, you know, prefer to stay on the bus anyway. But they were just, I remember that they were especially hard to deal with because I remember you bitching about it. Yeah. They were like the last ones to send the information and whatnot. And we got there and I think what happened was that they had double booked the club for a Christmas party and they decided that they did not want me to do my show on main stage. They wanted me to perform in the private VIP room on this little bitty VIP private dance stage. Well, to just just to be clear, like the the, I mean, first off, your contract states that you're booked to be a headline. You're you're the sole booking for the evening. You're there specifically to dance in the main stage, and, and that I don't do a VIP room, and not communicating that they're putting you in a side room where you're going to make less money. Uh, it, it was it was just a shit show. Yeah, my from, dude, from start my, to finish. My huh. I said it was a shit show from start to finish. Oh, yeah. And my bodyguards felt that it wasn't safe. It was dark in there, et cetera, et cetera. And I guess there was a little bit of a issue about that. And we were there. The bus was there. I was in my costume ready to go on, actually. And someone well, they who... Didn't, was, they didn't tell us about the double booking until you got there. Yeah, and I'd already started getting dressed. And, you know, my assistant goes in and does a walkthrough with the security while I'm getting ready on the bus and finishing my makeup and putting my costume on and whatnot. And I guess it, you know, basically they were like, she's not performing in this little dark back room. Like, she's going on the main stage per her contract. And they had sold tickets and the place was packed. And it escalated to someone who, at the time, I thought was the owner. He, I think he kind of represented himself that way, but I guess it, he wasn't. I don't know his name. Said he told my assistant actually called him a fucking faggot and told us to get the fuck out and at that point if you tell me to leave your property and I don't it's trespassing and I'm sorry you don't use a homophobic slur to someone who works for me when you're clearly in the wrong so we packed up and left well then the club got on the mic and said that I flaked and I didn't show up and all this stuff so we weren't actually out of the parking lot yet so I got out and took a selfie in front of the club and was like, nope, I'm here. I was ready to perform. I had my costume on. The, these guys threatened my security and my and my assistant and called him a fucking faggot. And so I won't tolerate that. And I walked out. That was last December. They're still trying to sue me for, for not doing the contract when I clearly have photographic evidence that I was there and my security guards wear body cams. Well, and, and to point out, the only reason that they're still suing you is because the attorney has his hands in about 20 clubs around the country. And so he's doing the work for free. Yeah. And, and they're, they're doing it. They're doing it for the They're doing it for the publicity. Right. But what kind of, you know, and actually this is the first time I've been so vocal about it. I'm like, Oh, you want me to talk? You want to? Give, <laughs> I'll, I'll you, be glad to talk. I'll be glad to talk. I'll, you know, they wanted to give. They waited till I left town to give interviews to like the Miami Herald and stuff, and said, sure. like, "Oh, Stormy was difficult, and she walked out." No, you violated the contract multiple times without telling us without until telling us. Dave you show. To dance in a private back room, and then you 
took three steps aggressively towards my employee and called him a fucking faggot. And then you told us to get the fuck off the property. And then you went on the microphone and is it slander or defamation? It's well, it's in in that particular instance, it's it's defamation defamation because they're they're lying. About right. you, and it's not in printing. They're not. They're not talking oh, slander. Slander is they're they're talking negatively. Whatever. About they lied you. about me and said I didn't show up, and my bus was in the fucking parking lot, and I took a picture in front of the sign. So <laughs> that's still one. See of my you favorite. in court, you fucking motherfuckers. Try me. Eat shit, bitches. But I mean, I guess like since that's happened, we found Fuck out you, just how shady this club owner really is. Right, Egypt. Um, yeah, so I've heard a couple of stories about this guy where he likes to sell his property or the rights or the name of the club or whatever it is, the building, but yet owns the lot that it's on. So whatever guy comes in, spends whatever money to upgrade or anything like that, then he jacks up the rent on him. Guy can't afford it. He gets his stuff back. So basically, it's, he's figured out how to beat the system by getting someone else to come in and redecorate and spend money, and then he runs them. He runs them out. Yeah, this is all stuff that I've heard from you know other people, but it's it's not far from believable because I mean they use their main room sometimes and run big fetish parties while they resort, like they move the entire rest of the club over to the, where the, that room that they sent you to. So they're running whatever stages that they are over there, but meanwhile they got something totally else going over there. On the main room, but it's usually slow over there. When I worked there, it was always slow. Right. It's 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 just bullshit. So basically, they're doing what Michael Keaton's character did in the McDonald's movie. Like they they bought it, it, Michael Keaton's character bought all this fucking property and rented to McDonald's, and then essentially forced the original McDonald's brothers out of business and took their business. That's what happened. Nobody else saw that movie? No. no. Well, fine. <laughs> yes. E- Egypt's got me. Yeah. Egypt's got me. Well, anyway, to come full circle, <laughs> we come to Florida <laughs> to do the Exotica convention uh, because I was supposed to have my own booth and it was going to be the unveiling of the CBD company, uh, my lube, oh. Tempest by Stormy. And everything was going great. Got, you know, paid for this big booth, paid for a full page ad and the Exotica stuff. Literally was on the flight on the way here yesterday and found out that the guy who I was a partner with or whatever didn't even send the product and just flaked. So, dear Jeffrey, suck my dick because you're a lying motherfucker who looked me in the face and said you wouldn't fuck me. And that's exactly what you did. No wonder your wife left you, you piece of shit. Damn. <laughs> I don't even, I can't even follow that up. Um, well, you should be more angry than I am. No, I'm fucking livid. I, I wasted excessive amounts of my fucking time trying to communicate to you, facilitate things with you. And, I, you know, the shittiest part is I was completely understanding of this guy's financial predicament. Like, I, I get it, man. Your wife left you and you're in a situation. I was, I was willing to work with you and you still fucked us. Totally fucked up. Like, but I don't think he understands how to do business with. I don't think a he understands model. how to do business with fucking anybody. Like or, he just or how that's being just a not model work because he was he just kept saying I spent all the money on the product. <sighs> yeah, but I gave you my trademarked name but and we're my in, images. We're and in seventy five hundred dollars for a fucking booth. Yeah, homie. And you sent me here to talk about a CBD lube that we developed together, and I'm the one standing here. Nobody knows who he is. 
I'm the one standing here with people looking at me and press wanting to talk about this lube that I've been promoting that this was the big unveiling and it's not here. Yeah. So uh, Haystack Caps out of uh, Cannon Beach, Oregon. Um, don't trust them. I don't I don't recommend the use of their products. None of them. Eat shit, Jeffrey. <laughs> I mean, just the amount of time and effort that we spent into, like, promoting it. Dude, I spent fucking weeks texting this dude and emailing this dude and calling this dude. And, like, like I don't have enough fucking work you the ad. running fucking everything else you do. And then this fucking clown just fucking dicks me off for fucking two weeks. After be- being, like, so aggressive and pursuing us and meeting us yeah. and making merch with my picture and my name and all this stuff on it. And it was all his idea. Like, he approached... I mean, this was his idea. I don't think he understands how a spokesmodel works and that the value that I bring to the table is my name. And especially it's, it's, it should, it should be paid for. It's, it's things that any other situation people pay for the use of your likeness, pay for the use of your name, pay you to talk about a product. And in this case, when you go in into a partnership, which is not something that models typically do, no, I You shouldn't. go into a par- partnership and then you shit the fucking bed. <sighs> yeah. I gotta stop. I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna hunt a bald guy down that looks like him and punch him in the fucking throat. <laughs> you gotta like randomly jump on somebody? Yeah. Egypt's gonna... bald. I'll pay you to jump on him. You can't pay me enough to jump on that man. For, for people listening, <laughs> I, I would Egypt quit my is job. a very large man with a gun. He's a bodyguard and I really want to see Dwayne jump on him. No, there's there's not enough money. I'd quit my job. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. <laughs> I know. You can't quit me, Dwayne. I know. I, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't quit. But I'd, I'd, I'd I I fire to... you every day. I, no, you don't. You fire me like once a month, and it's usually just because you're mad about something, <laughs> and then you get over it. And everything's fine. So enough talking about firing you. I think we have like questions. Which we, we do have some questions. I don't get to see them in advance, so this is pretty exciting. Um, questions are fun. Um, Depends on what they are. Okay. <laughs> uh, I feel really weird reading this question, but Which I'm just... makes me very happy. I'm it. just going to read it verbatim. Okay. Uh, because this is what was sent, and this is completely anonymous. Um, how do I learn how to deep throat? Some people might argue that you can't learn to do that because some people actually don't have a gag reflex. But I don't know. Like, I'm not that good at it. Uh, it wasn't like it, I don't have an, a, a sex trophy for that particular gift. You, d- you don't? Not for th- No, I don't know. But I will say that, like, when you're learning how to do it, do not do it on a full stomach because you are definitely going to puke. Do you have an award for that? Hang on. She's not on yet. Well, We're gonna ask but she's later. here. And this is a great question. I'm going to get back to it. All right. And I guess the only trick I know is that as it goes down your throat, make sure you're breathing in because it opens up your throat. Because if you breathe out, I mean, just everybody's doing it right now at home, including the men. How gay I, you motherfuckers I, f- I feel incredibly awkward having asked that question and you're telling me. Yes. Okay, so is, is there another question? Yeah, there, there's there's a few. Yes, um, what advice do you give someone that is wanting to do porn? Uh, don't, and not for the reasons that you're thinking. It's just, I mean, because of piracy and things like that, it's not as lucrative as it used to be. Um, but 
if you're really going to do it, I guess the the main thing is pace yourself. Don't be afraid to say no. And before you even do your, before you even meet your agent, pick your name, buy all your social media and your website and trademark that shit before you ever utter it because there's some shady people in the adult business and the second you tell somebody your name, they're going to go buy your all your domain names and, and then sell them Instagram, back to you at a premium. And then they're going to sell it back to you for like a really, really inflated rate. And people don't sign suck. any contracts without having an attorney look at them. And save your money. Duh. But bitches never listen to that. So no. what's the point? Well, I mean, Louis Vuitton, Gucci... People got to buy purses and shit. Men, too. You got a Gucci purse I don't know about? No. Oh, wait, no. You have a backpack problem. We were talking I, about this I, earlier today. I am a backpack whore. You are. He's like an I evening love. backpack, a day backpack. <laughs> it's not quite that bad. I just change backpacks every tour. Is there another question? <laughs> I'm tired of talking There's, about your <laughs> You brought it up, goddamn. Um, how do you schedule shoots around performers' cycles? I'm assuming they're talking about their periods, right? <laughs> Ladies' cycles? I guess. And and we don't. <laughs> we don't because how are you going to like if you I mean I was a director, so I had to direct movies. God forbid you have an all-girl movie. Jesus Christ. Plus there's that whole like thing about women stinking up. Like I directed a movie called Girls Night, which our guest was on, and I swear to God out of like the 12 girls there, seven of those bitches were bleeding and bitchy and they ate all the carbs. <laughs> I mean, it was, you know. The excitement. Yeah. So, actually, we don't schedule it around our periods, for those who must know. And we have tricks of the trade that are, I guess these are like porno inside secrets. You know, I'm probably not supposed to share them, but I have, and I have saved many of a honeymoon by sharing this. But, no, in porn, we have sex on our periods. We just shove makeup sponges in there. By the way, I am not a doctor, so don't. Get something stuck up your puss and then say, Stormy, Dr. Daniel told you to. But, yeah, we just put, like, sea sponges or makeup sponges or whatever in there. and Which is funny because then you're always in the bath. You know and, when they're and done. And then you're cramming them in? Yeah, and then you always know, like, Amazing. how how big the guy you worked with dick is because you, how long it takes you to get that motherfucker out. <laughs> I've, I've um, like, I worked with Kieran Lee one time and I thought I was going to cough it up. <laughs> <laughs> God, I'm never going to hear the end of that now. He, you know he's listening and he's totally going to text me. My my favorite um my favorite Kieran story is um the first time I met him in LA when he called um one of our colleagues a goofy a, a crow-footed ginger fellow. That's what he called him. <laughs> what does crow-footed mean? I don't know. He was walking around with no socks or shoes on. He just called him a crow-footed ginger fellow. Mhm. And it made my night. It made mine too. And he was very put off. And I just wondered, like, how much would it have bothered Kieran to have known that I preferred sleeping with the crow-headed ginger fellow than him? The crow-footed. Yes, crow-footed. Crow-headed crow is, is a whole other conversation. <laughs> no, I, don't fuck, even, I don't even remember. I don't even I just, know where to go I was so confused. I'm so confused. Fucking crow anything. Well, is... I had to not... <laughs> Tearing down a couple notches after telling him that his dick was so big that I had to cough up a makeup sponge the next day. Yeah. All right. Well, um, uh, here's a good one. Here's a good one. And um, I'm excited to hear your response to this one. Um, are you really going to testify for Congress? Absolutely. I mean, that's what's all over the news now. And 
I mean, I made it very clear before, like, these rumors were going around, but at the time, they were just rumors about it, like, I guess a little less than a year ago, and um, nothing ever came of it. Uh, but absolutely, like, they don't even need to subpoena me, because as I've said all along, I have nothing to hide. And I look forward to it, because... I'm um, so excited. Yeah, I think you, this is the first time you've ever sat across from me and possibly had a boner. Yeah. It, <laughs> I'm so fucking pumped for this. I'm, I'm ready. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I, I mean, I have nothing to hide. I'm not scared. I've, my story hasn't changed. Nope. Bring it, bitch. And by bitch, we're, we're talking about the floppy-haired fellow. Yes. <laughs> Um, and, and then this one, this, this is a a message that I, I'm having to decipher that, uh, a question that we received, but it's, um, in regards to a video, um, that Michael Avenatti had access to, Mm -hmm. um, I have a feeling I know which one do you, do you happen to know Mm. some, some video about. Mike Lavinati that he posted. Some oh, DVD I bet it's or... everybody that keeps tweeting at me and saying like, what was on the disc that Avenatti kept posting a photo of in the safe and people, he, he's such a shyster because he kept trying to infer that there was like photos or that I had nudes of Trump. I hate to ruin everybody's excitement, but that's absolutely not the truth. I don't know for sure what's on that disc, but I can tell you that none of those things that he was implying are. I 99% think that that is the, uh, the footage of my lie detector test. And he, which is not that big of a deal. It's already been released, but he just kept trying to tease it. And, and that's why this became such a circus is because he just didn't want to stick to the facts. The facts are good enough. Agreed. Like when you try to make it into a circus, you lose credibility and, it, I mean, it's not necessary. I like to think that it is a burned copy of Michael Jackson's Dangerous album. Oh, it might be. And it's just coveted. It might be. In a safe. That's that's my own personal theory on that. I don't know. I don't know. Anybody I'm done else? talking to you. So... <laughs> I'm tired of you. I have grown weary of you. I, I have grown bored of you. <laughs> so I'm very excited because we have one of my, I was lucky enough on our first podcast to have my favorite male performer on and one of my favorite people. And this time I have my fa- one of my favorite all time performers who also happens to have a very lovely vagina and has been in maybe she might be the girl that has been in more of my movies than any other girl that wasn't a contract girl for Wicked. No, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, everybody, let me introduce you to the beautiful, the talent, the super fucking weird Lexi whoa. Bell. Whoa! <laughs> First of all, it's one hell of a way to start a second episode. <laughs> Second of all, thank you. Third of all, I'm not Allie Hayes. I believe you shot her the most, and I was super jealous about that. So, who's keeping score? Well, it sounds like Lexi's keeping score. Yeah, you only went down on me once. You went down on her like a dozen times. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Twice. Look at the internet stuff. Yeah, I've only had sex with Allie twice. Mm. Once and. Mm. No. no, once in uh, no. Pretty Dangerous, and once okay. in the scene We're not that you here to talk about Allie Hayes. What's up? <laughs> wow. 
I always knew you were a jealous bitch. No, I was in the room next fine. to you when it's you threw totally a lamp against fine. the wall when you were fighting with a girl one time. We are definitely not giving that chick credit. I didn't say her name, but you definitely had a okay, hotel this charge. This is one for a hell of a way to start a second episode. <laughs> Hi, I'm Lexi. <laughs> I break things. That's <laughs> okay. I set fire to things like, you know, my career, my marriage, oh, the yeah. internet. <laughs> I've learned a lot um, from knowing you for sure. That's I question your judgment more there's than a, I did before. There's a there's a few females in my life and <laughs> and that I've learned from you guys. Like I'm like, hmm, okay. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Things not yeah. to do. You know all of them too, like very well. <laughs> so you just made Dwayne's <laughs> night. You just It's true. Like I just you know, I like she knows. I've told Stormy. She's always been my my like role model, female wise in the industry. Way before all this fucking shit, and everyone else was on the bad bandwagon. Now, um, <laughs> I was always about that. There's just very, very few females that you know. I was just like, one day I'm gonna be a badass. One day I'm gonna have giant tits. I'm gonna be a fucking badass, like Stormy. You know, <laughs> Lexi. I shouldn't even tell her this because this is just going to put her over Just the edge. tell me. Lexi, out of all the... I mean, I did a lot of sex scenes. Not as many as some people, but I've, I've been in the adult business for a long time, and I did a lot of <laughs> scenes. Lexi said the most fucked up thing to me oh, ever during a sex scene. I love you. I'm so excited. <laughs> I love you. Yes, yeah, she did say I love you. It's what she said immediately after I love you. Oh, I'm so flushed right now. What is it? She called me mommy. <laughs> It's the big boob thing. I have, like, oh my God. I just turn into this, like, weird mommy, like, issues chick where it's like when you were, like, when you are a person of authority, the director, with giant tits, and I'm supposed to, like, arouse you. And I'm just like, I get that mommy syndrome. I'm just like, I don't know what to do. Like, I just want to please you, mommy. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> My vagina went and sat in the car. Oh. Again, it did come right back. One it's day fucked when up, I grow it, up, I'm going to have giant tits and be just like you. And it's going to be awesome. <laughs> and I hope somebody calls you mommy, you weirdo. <laughs> yeah, right. She's, she's not going to grow up. She still looks like, so she still looks, I would say 12, like, but we're like talking about adults. Right so I just she still looks 18 in one day. Fuckers. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. So, I don't even know what to say now. Everybody always, mommy. So what's <laughs> fuck you. So what's the weirdest question a fan has ever asked or someone has asked you? Um I don't know. I feel like it's all it's all the same these days. I mean, uh, we always get like what's your favorite position? What's your favorite movie? Who's so, who do you like to work with? You know, it's it's so funny you ask that. Like the, I think the hardest question that I get from people because we share so much of our personal lives is like, "What's your top three favorite bands?" I'm, that's like the one where I'm just like, uh, uh, mm, "It's too personal. I can't like get into this with you." And I hate getting at, asked that question. And I get that more than like, "What's your favorite position?" or Stuff just stuff about my personal life where I just I get so stumbled like upon it. Like yeah. I don't know. That's a hard one for most people to answer because it changes so often. Mine doesn't. Mine's 
mine's pretty the same. But speaking of like your personal like personal life and stuff, like I was really surprised at how much like super private stuff about you is out there. Yeah. Like, did you do that on purpose? Mm, I or mean, did like somebody fuck up, fucked up? Like, like what do you mean? Well, I don't <laughs> like, want to say it in like, case you're not cool, but stuff. like. Like, just about your past, like, your childhood and stuff. Yeah, like, so really my surprised. cousin wrote a blog, um, and I think, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. About my childhood? Yes. Yeah, so my cousin wrote this blog, I don't remember what year it was, but I think it was, like, over five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of, he asked me. Uh, I was a boy. Do- yeah. Mm. Uh, he asked me before doing it, like, if he could, you know, kind of talk about what I've been through and. And how he got into my life and everything. But, yeah, so there's a lot of personal shit out there. Yeah, I was really, really surprised. Like, it was, like, probably the most brutally honest and the most detailed (laughs) stuff put out there that I hadn't seen come directly from the person. Yes. Like, you know, like, I don't know if you remember. It might have been a little bit before your time. But, like, when Belladonna went on TV and, like, told her background but it was like she said it yeah you know and and i was just kind of like surprised that it was not like an interview form or something from you and i was just wondering if i guess you kind of answered the question did you know about it or yeah so it was i guess the way it was written it was his point of view because he my cousin like stumbled upon my porn and that's how he found out that you were in the industry. Yeah, that I yeah, and 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 it just became this thing where he was just trying to like understand like why I was doing it and this and that and everything and and then then it get went on to explain like it doesn't change who I am and our relationship and this and that and just who I am as a person and how I go about my life and the fact that it's like not that I was like hiding it from him it was just that he just didn't know and right. He, uh, it was just, it's his point of view. So it was really interesting. He definitely asked me. Did you read it before he posted it? Did you um, know everything that I was can't in remember, it? I can't honestly, I can't remember. But uh-huh. I remember, like, I remember him posting it, and I kind of got a little emotional, but it was also, like, a bunch of very young pictures of me um, that I hadn't seen in a long time. I was just like, how did, I didn't even know they had these, like, kind of stuff. But, uh... I don't know. It was it was pretty cool. It, it was good to like put it out there. My entire childhood, I I lied about all of that stuff. Like I kept telling people, I'm like, oh, these are my cousins, you know. And mm-hmm. I grew up in foster care, and yeah. so I would constantly lie to everybody about my situation until I got into porn and then just kind of like had the reins to like do do me, do my life, and just kind of be what I wanted to be and not have to be in a system, a legal system anymore. Right. I think that um, I think that it would be very easy for somebody to take that information that's out there about you and use it as uh, like twist it and try to be like that's why you did for sure i mean it goes with everything like the whole like that's why you have daddy issues right but i think two two things i think one i think you're incredibly fucking brave because you own it because i saw on your instagram this past year like you were very open about going to your mother's grave and all that stuff and and you didn't have to do that you didn't have to put that out there you didn't have to share that and I think that you're really brave for doing that. And the other thing is I think that you're such a fucking incredible example because all that kind of like that unfortunate stuff happened to you. Like you didn't have this great childhood. You didn't whatever. And yes, you got into porn, but what a shining example of 
of people who do porn because you didn't use it as an excuse. You're still here. Like, how long have you been in the business? How many years? Oh, God. (laughs) Since I was 18. Yeah, like, you've been in the business for well over 10 years. And that's an accomplishment in itself, especially when, like, we don't see stories about you being arrested and no one's ever – directors don't complain about you. I've shot you so many times. You still look great. Your body looks great. You show up. You're professional. You you know your lines. You do a great job. Um, You don't do things you don't want to do. You've really, really stuck to your guns about – people who pressure you to try to get you to do things we won't talk about it but you and I know like you you have no problem telling a agent or a director no I'm Mm -hmm. not doing that and like really sticking to your guns and you've been professional and haven't become a shit show or a train wreck or like gotten desperate to do stuff so I think that you are a bigger success story because you had to come from lower down than it definitely like it was it became the point, like, it was a lot easier to just be, like, open, like, yeah, I'm a product of the system in Los Angeles. Like, that's who I am, and this is where I am now. But I'm not, like, fucked up, and, like, I don't have yeah. these issues and this and that. And, like, opening up about that, like, I met, it's, I mean, maybe not so much met, but inter, uh, internet-wise met, made new friends, like, all these other people that have been in the system and, like, the same situation where it's just, like, you know, like, like, I didn't come from a traumatized, like, sexual experience, like, background or whatever. Like, it just came from this fucked up, normal uh, childhood in Los Angeles where I grew up in the foster system. And it led me to the porn industry. But I still have a normal life. Like, I haven't, I did eventually get adopted before I was 18. And I do have a family that I still talk to this day, to this day. And everything is just, it's just different like so I wanted to put that out there and just kind of like I don't know just put it out there I don't know if you read all your comments on social media but I do and all of mine are like they all call me by my legal name they all talk about my past and all that stuff and it's just kind of like got to the point where it's just like own it just say you did it and say this happened to you and like go through with it yeah and and in this sort of situation for me, like it was just easier to be like, yeah, you can find me like in the system in the background or whatever right. throughout whatever. You can find what all this stuff about me on the internet, but that's not who I am. Like you don't really know who I am, so just put it out there, own it, and move on. Yeah, see that's you know, people try to use that to hurt you, mm-hmm. but if you take the power away from it by owning it, they can't. Right. And you really owned your shit and you know what I mean? And that's like so impressive. And when I wrote my book, um, the first, the first draft of it didn't have a lot of stuff in it that the final one has. And I felt it was stuff that I had never told anybody. And I didn't tell anybody because it doesn't define me. And I didn't want people to try to put that label on me. Mm -hmm. And I also don't have a bad experience in porn. Like I was, in control and successful and Mm -hmm. I respect the industry and I'm grateful for everything that it gave me. And I honestly really, really, you've worked for me, love writing and directing and I'm kind of fucking good at it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want my past of like being abused as a child or raped or whatever to like take away from that or for people to try to say I was saying those things to get attention. And so I left them out of the first draft of my book. And I remember sitting um, like in, in a hotel room with, with Denver, my, you know, and he had kind of helped me edit it. And, and I said to him, I need to tell you something. 
and I've never really told anybody this. And I, and I told him and he goes, okay. And I go, do you think I should put it in the book? And he said, well, only you can really make that decision. Like what would, what purpose would it serve? I think it's, he goes, I think it's a good thing. Like, I think it would be an opportunity to kind of help people. But if you don't and you want to keep it private, that's fine. I'm like, and I kind of made the joke. I saw my butthole on a jumbotron one time. Like, it, th- this is kind of the only personal thing I have left. But then I was like, you know what? I do, f- like, my whole thing is, like, to be honest and just tell it as it is. So I ended up putting it in the book, and it, it went. And I kind of forgot about it because it's not something that I think about all the time. Yeah. And I forgot about it. And the first interview that I did uh, – was actually recorded before the book was publicly released. The book came out October 3rd, and I did this interview. We had a couple of advanced copies, obviously. And I did this interview the last week of September, and it was for um, uh, 60 Minutes Australia. Mm-hmm. And we sit down to do the interview, and second question in, she goes, so what was it like to be raped when you were nine? Like, just, she wasn't being a bitch. Like, I actually really ended up liking her right. and liking the interview, but it was the first time that someone had said it back to me and it was like so it wasn't aggressive but it was so like not with kid gloves yeah that's and I was so caught off guard because it's I mean I was just so shell-shocked yeah but I got through the interview and all that and then the book came out and everybody wanted to ask me about it and I had like full-blown like panic attacks about it and I mean just coming off and a lot of people were like more gentle with the questions and stuff and I remember like being in the hotel when I was here for like a book like launch a whole bunch of book press stuff and like freaking out and screaming at Dwayne and Denver and why did you guys let me do this (laughs) this was the worst idea ever like I feel like the whole world is like it was so strange and I was like I fucking regret this why did you guys I thought you guys are my friends like uh, you know, like, I'm sure Dwayne remembers, like, me freaking out. I was in New York and had, like, a total fucking meltdown after doing – what show was that? John Lemon or – what was that? Don Lemon. The Don Lemon show. And, like, and he asked me. And he opened up about his own abuse. But it was, like, this is, like, primetime news. Right. And I was, like, I am not getting on this fucking plane to Germany. Like, I'm going to jump out of the hotel warm window. <laughs> like, I mean, I lost my shit. And – I regretted it so much. I felt so violated, but I didn't have anybody to blame but myself. Yeah. And then the message just started coming in. Like from people going, oh my God, you're so brave. You gave me hope. And I started getting a whole bunch of them. And they were they were impressive and I felt good and they made me feel better. But the shocking thing was I had two messages come in on my like on my private messenger or whatever. And these two were from people that I knew. Like, not just anonymous strangers and stuff like that, but from actual people that I knew. And one was from a boy. Like, you always hear women being, you know, and this is somebody I've known my whole life, and I had no idea. And he told me a story about when he was abused as a child, and that because of because of that, he had some issues later that he didn't understand why, and now he did. And, and the other one was from a very good friend of mine, and it's a woman who I consider to be very strong and self-assured and not someone you would ever think of as being a victim and she confided in me that she had been raped when she was 17 and tried to tell her school counselor somebody and they didn't believe her and so 
I think her mom was struggling with something at the time unrelated and her empowerment was to not ever tell anyone because it was her way of doing the right thing for her mom. And like, I was just like, wow, these are two people that I had no fucking idea. And they both told me in the message, like, you're the only people that I've ever told. Thank you. And I was like, oh, hey, Dwayne, Denver, all that stuff I told you about how much I hated you and you. (laughs) I saw (laughs) we. But I mean. When I was reading, like, I, you know, your stuff, and then I, like I said, I had seen on your Instagram and stuff, yes. and I was like, wow, it's, it's, like, really, really brave. And When I started at 18, like, I already looked, like, I was so young at 18, and I looked so much younger than 18, and I didn't want to... look 18 now, so, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> so I didn't want to bring, like, and I didn't know it at the time that this is what I wanted, but it just so happened to work out that way that... I didn't want to bring my shitty childhood with me into the porn industry. And it wasn't why I got into the porn industry. I got into the porn industry because I was a fucking marching band geek and I could barely kiss a boy and I loved getting finger, but I could barely talk to anybody. And like, (laughs) it was just like this weird thing where I was just like screaming to get out of my like really shy, but like I was shy, but I had a 14 inch mohawk. I was like trying to express myself, but I was really quiet. And I was just got to the point where I got into the adult industry and I was like, I'm a new person and I don't have to bring all this shit with me that everyone else knows about. I can just leave it over here. I'm 18 years old. I'm in the industry. And next thing I knew, I'm on, like, I didn't know what porn was. I didn't know who anybody was. I didn't know what, I didn't know who Jenna Jameson was. <laughs> I remember my friend asked me, like, do you know who that is? And I was like, I have no idea who that fucking is, like, wow. at all. And... I just started doing it because, like, I get to be myself. I created a whole new identity, and I just fell into this category of really young girl porn because I'm 18, and I look really young. And it just was like, you know, in all these scenarios and scripts and everything that I'm doing now at 18 on set and stuff, like, I definitely don't want to bring my baggage from my childhood with me onto those particular sets. So you just totally pushed it off to the side and that was done and like now you're in the adult industry but it was all for different reasons like right. I'm not associating to the bad times associating it to like I just want to crawl out of my skin and have fun and this is like a safe environment and I'm doing my thing and it was awesome and I loved it and it was great and that's just how I started and it just right. kind of went from there and I didn't talk about like all that until my cousin wrote that article and then I was just like yeah, yeah, I guess, like, I guess I did have a shitty childhood and this and that. I just don't associate it, like, to this, like, at all because that's not how I was feeling, you know? Maybe the people, anybody out there will look at it however the fuck they want, but that's not generally how I was feeling, and I did. that's why I never, like, you know, acknowledged it until that article. And now I'm just like, yeah, I'm totally... I'm totally here for you. If you need to talk, you're in the system, you came out of the system, and now whatever, like, I'm down. Like, I'm here. That's really awesome. Yeah. So, it's crazy. (laughs) You impressed me. Thank you. And you're hot. And if anybody wants to find you, where can they do that? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at OMG It's Lexi. Do you have your own website or no? It's complicated. And you that still, whole like, domain but but you thing. webcam. Where can people see you? On um, I'm on Cam Soda webcam on Cam Soda, 
pretty often. So that's where you can find me. Yeah, I think the best place for people to, if they want to catch up with you and watch your webcam shows, is to follow your Instagram. Yeah, your you Instagram. always post, like, I'm about to do this. I'm on, yeah, your, my stories and all that stuff. You'll right. see what I'm up to lately. And you still feature dance. And I still feature dance. And you're great on stage. You have Thank some of the you. best costumes. Do you still do your Harley Quinn show? I do not because that shit is so overkilled. I haven't touched it in years. Oh, like, wow. I like that Suicide one. Squad came out and I was like, I'm done. I'm done. Well, I'm no, done. you did classic Harley Quinn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then now this, ex- it's done. And it's just sad, but it's so done. Fuck that. I'm just, yeah. That's a sensitive subject, obviously. I can tell she's okay. So being in, being a foster kid, this and that, fine. <laughs> Talk about Harley Quinn. She's triggered. Uh, <laughs> sounds about right. I, I get it. Thank you. I get it. All Thank right. You. So uh, big thanks to my guest, Miss Lexi Bell, and <laughs> everyone. Check her out. Give her money. Watch her webcam. Thanks. Me thanks. and me and Dwayne do. Oh. Oh my look. god. <laughs> We, we are frequent stalkers of the go. Lexi Bell Instagram. My dog is somewhere. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And Dwayne's giving me the, the look, so he's, we got to wrap it up w- here. What look? The, well, one, I, the great you just embarrassed me in front of a, embarrassed me in yeah. front of a hot girl. Yes. You have the feet of my grandmother. <laughs> no, she she was known. Okay, she's walking away, but I'll tell anyone okay, who's in this room. Yes, you have no. She, she was the, the classiest lady. She was so cool. She made stuffed grape leaves with her fucking fingers. She had the coolest feet, and like it's so. At growing up, she had to me Barbie feet because they were always in the Barbie position. And it was like this thing where I was just like, when I grow old, I want to be as classy as my grandma. And like, you have them, and it's you have Barbie feet. They're all that is no. That is that is unreal. You you have my grandma's feet. No, they're like my grandma. Okay, Barbie. I met Barbie. (laughs) (laughs) They do, but you. That is amazing. Oh my god, I love you so much more now. This is amazing. Google Barbie feet, according to Miss Lexi, Lexi Bell. Bell. All right, we it's are amazing. done here. I think. Yeah, we're we're gonna be done. Because <laughs> I, I, after being called mommy and getting fucked over on my CBD company today, and now saying I have grandma feet. <laughs> All right. Well, um, b- before we go, uh, I just want to remind everybody to go to stormydaniels.com. Buy merch, buy tour bus VIPs. You can come on the bus and hang out with Stormy and whoever the fuck else is on the road with us. Uh, Cameos. You can find Stormy on cameo.com backslash Stormy Daniels. And, uh, you know, while you're over at stormydaniels.com, just check out the upcoming dates. And I think we have a couple really cool guests coming up. We do. In the very near future I'm as very well. excited because we're going to have Asa Akira on, and everybody knows how much I love to torture her. Yes. And who else do we have coming up? We have our dear friend, Greg Studley. Yes, his name is Greg Studley. And he's not a porn star. And he's not a porn star. Um, oh, my God. I have to do this. Um, That's creepy Le- Lexi fuck. just showed us um, Barbie feet, and, well, there we go. You got it, right? You got Barbie feet. 
Where's my pink Corvette? <laughs> you got grandma Barbie feet. That just means that you're a doll. We all know that's not true either. Yeah, I'm a that's... real fucking peach. Thanks for listening to Taking the World by Stormy. For information, tour dates, and merch, visit stormydaniels.com. To have Stormy send a personal video message to someone you love or hate, go to cameo.com forward slash Stormy Daniels. You can find exclusive uncensored pics and clips from the podcast on Stormy's OnlyFans page. And for those brave enough, follow Stormy at twitter.com forward slash Stormy Daniels. Thanks for listening to Taking the World by Stormy.